Hello, everybody, and the time has arrived. The 2021 NFL regular season is here. It also makes life even greater when the Dallas Cowboys have the worst record in the NFL at this very point in time. It's a fact. You cannot deny that the 0-1 Dallas Cowboys are the worst team in the NFL. But we're here to talk Philadelphia Eagles as they are set to face the Atlanta Falcons this weekend in the 2021 NFL regular season opening kickoff. I'm your host, Alger Harrell, and joining me as always is my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, we finally made it. It's here. Fans will be in the building in Atlanta. I can't wait to get this thing started. Oh, definitely. It's been a long wait. And uh, in listening to a couple other podcasts, uh, I think it was Andrew Brandt's podcast. He was talking about how we have the how the NFL has the longest off season and boy, this one felt even longer than usual. So I am just excited to finally get back to having some Eagles football. Um, and you know, you knew it was time to start playing football when guys like Tony Romo and people were starting to talk about Philadelphia Eagles as better than what they seem and, and trying to create a, that usual narrative that gets created right before the season that gets us all excited. Definitely. I cannot wait um, for 1 p.m. Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which would be 2 p.m. for you. I'm pretty sure. Right, Connor? 2 p.m.? Correct. Yeah, at least at least it's not a night game for you. You can uh, get get the story that you have to write for our friends over at Sports Talk Philly. Um, so, so you're not up late. especially, and, and, and that's not fun, especially when you have a, a, a son, a, a little a little kid hanging around. But before we get things started, the Philadelphia Eagles did make a signing today, or I should say an extension, as they have extended left tackle Jordan Maialata. They gave him a four-year deal worth, I think, six, $60 million. Give me one second. I have it right here. I should have been prepared, so I apologize. Yeah, it was yeah. So $64, four years, $64 million. million with $40.85 million guaranteed. If you think about this, he was a seventh round draft pick who had never played football before. He was a rugby player. He, that's all he knew. He didn't know how to put on a, a helmet, didn't know anything about the, the NFL or, you know, the, the American game of football. Cause you know, obviously all over the world, football, soccer. Um, but you know, for somebody that, and, and a lot of people, you know, and I'm, and I'm going to go to the one person that I remember off the top of my head who was high on him right from the onset. Ross Tucker said it when he got drafted and saw him playing in the preseason that he was going to be a Pro Bowl left tackle. Now, he's not at that Pro Bowl level yet, but he sure as hell has a chance to be. And the Eagles found their franchise left tackle in the seventh round, somebody who had never played. And the one thing that I I really liked about him, he he had the ability to play the left side. He had the ability to play the right side. If you remember... When Andre Dillard got asked to play right tackle, he complained. He went out there against Seattle, did it for one half, and then got benched because he wasn't good enough. He won the 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 uh, competition at left tackle fair and square, and I'm excited to see him go out there and dominate. Don't have to worry about you know playing on the last year of his deal. And the Eagles were smart to get him signed because essentially he could go and be explosive this year, be and then become really expensive, especially for a left tackle, um, you know, in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly everything you said. I mean, we, we kind of had this idea that when he came to town and with no experience, all he'd ever played was rugby. We were all just, you know, we kind of scratched our heads, but he's a, he was just a mammoth human being. And if they could turn him into what they wanted to turn him into and what he's become today, then the Eagles knew they had something special. And the fact that they were able to do that and props to like Jeff Stoutland. Oh, and Jeff Stoutland is a Hall of Fame coach. Exactly. The the people who put the time and the effort in to this guy, like he's athletic. You don't get these people that often. Like you have s- someone coming out. You got Evan Neal coming out this year who's similar size. He's six foot eight, I think, 350 pounds or something. And he's a tackle as a left tackle as well. And like but these human beings don't come around often with the athletic abilities 
and the size and just all those traits that you really like. And the only thing he didn't have going for him when we picked him in the seventh round was he didn't know how to play football at all. He probably had watched it, but he didn't know how to play it. But he had all the intangibles to turn into something if he could just learn it. And the fact, like, you can't speak high, enough about Jeff Stoutland and the patience that they had. I mean, they redshirted this guy for years. They they were, they were always kept him on the roster in some way, shape, or form. So you knew that it was going to be something special. And now this makes Andre Dillard expendable in deals because we know how important the left tackle position is. We had Jason Peters for over 10 years. And now here we are with hopefully the next one that's going to be here for 10 years. And now there's going to be other teams looking around for Andre Dillard and sniffing around and trying to pick him up. In worst case scenario, we say no and we keep him for depth because we know better than anybody how important it is to have depth on the offensive line and how frequently injuries can sometimes happen on the offensive line. So the Eagles know that it, better than most. Exactly. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's a win-win because if we can, if Howie can get what he wants out of a deal for for Andre Dillard, good. If he can't, it just means we have more depth and we don't have to stress. You know, it sucks that we invested the first round pick in Dillard, but at the end of the day, I would rather get the decision right than try and make uh, try and force a guy uh, a guy into the wrong spot or force the position when he's just not that good or he's it's just not meant to be, you know, kind of like the J.J. Ortega-Whiteside situation. The draft pedigree is what's keeping him around. And I, it's good to see that we're not going to allow that situation with Andre Dillard. You know, it's funny you brought up Evan Neal watching the Alabama game, and they were talking about how last year he was like 365. This year he came in and, and, and better shaped down at two, either like 330. Um, and I was talking to a friend and I said, can you imagine the, with, with one of the three, and I'm going to assume that we're going to have three first round picks with this statement, but with one of those three first round picks next year, if the Eagles draft Evan Neal and your offensive line is from left to right, Jordan Maialata, Evan Neal at guard, which I know it might be tough because he's so big, but put Evan Neal at guard, Landon Dickerson at center, Brandon Brooks at right guard and Lane Johnson at right tackle. Could you imagine that offensive line? With Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders behind them, it would be unbelievable. That, that that would easily be the best offensive line in football. Definitely, I, I love dreaming up scenarios like that. And I mean, there's so many like at the top of this draft class. I can't wait to talk about the draft class when the mm -hmm. time comes. But there's some really good like franchise altering weapons coming out of this draft class that if we get the right picks, you know. I mean, in the first, in the top 10, if, say, we land there, you got guys like Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton, Evan Neal. Um, and then you go further down, there's just so much great talent. Mm -hmm. and, and it's a good year to have lots of picks. And it's a good year to have to see the needs that we need to address and then face them head on in this draft. And hopefully how he makes the right decisions, even if things clear up with Deshaun Watson, Give, you know, give Jalen Hurts his due, give him his time. And I honestly think, and I've said it before, and we've kind of went back and forth on this, L, is I would prefer the three first rounders to Deshaun Watson if Jalen Hurts works. It just makes so oh, much bit, more sense. That's an obvious, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Like the, the one question, and we, we say this time and time again, that the Eagles have to figure out this year is if, is Jalen Hurts a franchise quarterback because if he is a franchise quarterback you don't have to put all that those the, all that draft capital into getting a franchise quarterback so that's all that's what the one question that the eagles do have to get answered this year and again it's it, it, that's what's going to make this season fun because you have a new a whole new coaching staff um pretty much a whole new besides the offensive line you know it's like a whole new offense so that, that's where the, the fun is going to come into this year. Absolutely. I, I, I can't wait. Like, I mean, I understand that, like, our expectations in previous episodes has been, you know, eight and nine, seven and ten. You know, we're kind of low on the team. Rightfully so, we're kind of low on the team. And 
you know what? But there's so much to be positive about. If Jalen Hurts is the guy, the Jordan Mailata signing, you got Miles Sanders, you got Devontae Smith, you got the Dal you got Dallas Goddard and that mm-hmm. potential situation transpire and hopefully he stays because he can be a franchise tight end. Mm-hmm. And then on, on the flip side of the ball, you got Josh Sweat, who people are hyping up as this guy who give him 10% more snap share this season, 15% more snap share, and this guy might have 10, 10 sacks and mm-hmm. tackle for loss monster. There's so much for us to look forward to. There's so many positives, no matter how the season ends for us. And there are people noticing that and recognizing that. And that's why the discussion's starting to be had like Tony Romo, where maybe we're not giving the Eagles enough due. Maybe it isn't a complete rebuild. Maybe it is a retool. And and, and we just, and we all made fun of Nick Sirianni and maybe he's going to be a genius with this coaching staff he has. There's so many maybes and there's so much to get answered this season and I cannot wait. Yeah, I just, another thing, I just hope Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie stay out of game or stay out of roster decisions in terms of who's on the, the game day roster and whatnot because I wouldn't want us to look at um, to to look at Nick Sirianni, put all this blame on him when it's not him that's making this, this the decisions. It's it's really Howie. So that that's that's where you know I'm at. Like just stay away. Let Nick Sirianni and and his coaching staff make the decisions that they need to make, and and then that's where and let them go ahead and do. You know, call, call, you know, game plan it out and, and see how things go from there. Absolutely. All right. So the one thing that, or so before we get to our Eagles, Falcons, you know, talking about that and, and getting things going, we're going to do our division by division. You know, it'll be a quick, we'll go through the divisions, say who we think is going to win, uh, give our playoff teams our, our Super Bowl pick. Uh, yeah, our Super Bowl pick. Oh, man, I can't finally talking about Super Bowl as now that there's going to be football every Sunday up until I think February 20th or so, 22nd, something like that, um, which is going to be great. College football, NFL, it's all having it back and having fans in the stands matters. Watching these college games, by the way, Connor, with with fans in the stands makes a world of difference. And I can't wait next week when the Eagles host the Niners at the link to get the link rocking. But we're going to be at the Mercedes. I think it's the Mercedes Benz Dome. In um in Atlanta, I know that Atlanta Atlanta Falcons fans, you know, they'll be loud, but there'll be a bunch of Eagles fans there too. So that's going to be fun to watch. Absolutely, and and it does make a world of difference. Like we we saw even when they were slowly weaning fans back into the stands and like baseball and hockey and basketball (laughs) it was like man what a difference a crowd makes what Mm -hmm. a game changer that is and and for some teams and for for a lot of players it's a game changer a complete game changer to have the fans in this in the stands and to play off of that and to feed off of that Jalen Hurts getting fans in the stands cheering for him and supporting him and knowing and seeing that these people are all standing behind him as a franchise quarterback, hopefully that probably, that just changes the confidence level of a team, of a quarterback, of a new coaching staff completely. So it's a good year for Hertz to be taking on this challenge and Nick Sirianni to be coming in as a brand new head coach with a whole new coaching staff. It's just like, a culmination of all these great things coming together for Philadelphia. Definitely can't wait for it. All right, so we're going to start in the AFC. We're going to start in the AFC South. The Titans won the division with an 11-5 record. The Colts also made the playoffs with an 11-5 record. The Texans are a dumpster fire, and the Jaguars had the number one overall pick, new coach, and Urban Meyer, new quarterback, and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, let's. I'll let you start, Connor. Who do you have winning the division, and do you have multiple teams making the playoffs out of the AFC South? I have the Colts winning the division. I, okay. I really do. Like, I mean, I, I I was one of the guys who thinks that we prematurely moved on from Carson Wentz. I still stand by that despite, I'm the, with you. you know, what we're talking about with Jalen Hurts. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's going to be, despite the injuries, I think he's still going to be protected well on that offensive line. 
He's got Jonathan Taylor. He's got Naheem Hines. He's got a plethora of tight ends. He's got a lot of unproven wide receivers, but with very different skill sets that he never really had in Philadelphia at, at the receiving position. And that defense is scary. That defense mm-hmm. is going to be scary good. And that's that's the difference maker. Instead of situations like in Philadelphia where the defense was just giving the ball right back, wasn't giving the ball back to the offense. It was always points on the other end of the field against the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't see it being the same for the Colts. Um, I want to say the Titans make it again, but I honestly don't think so because I have a couple teams higher in, in other divisions that I think I'm higher on. Um, but the Titans are right on the fringe. Like there's the, the two wildcard teams, the, the probably that third. three, isn't there three, three? is it three? three? Yeah. It's seven. The number one. Oh yes, it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the Titans would be there. So I do have multiple Colts and Titans, Titans and wildcard. So I have also the Colts and Titans making the playoffs, but I have the Titans winning the division. They're off. I know that the, the Colts have a really good defense, but that offense for the Titans, what are you going to do? Like, if you put eight in the box and try to try to stop Derrick Henry, they have Julio Jones and Jones and AJ Brown. If you don't stack the box and you and you double cover AJ Brown or and or um, Julio Jones, you hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and he's going for two thousand yards this year. So I just think it's going to be tough. I'm, I'm not a big Ryan Tannehill fan, but I, I just think it's going to be tough to defend that offense. So I'm, I'm going to have the Titans win in the division again. Um, the Colts are also. I mean, you said it all about the Colts. You know. Their defense is really good. I, I was also, I'm also a believer in Carson Wentz. Um, it, you know, it's going to be different for him. He's going to have a coach that's going to play to his strengths. So, so that'll be interesting to see. Also, but as an Eagles fan, I just need him to stay. What is it? Seventy-five percent play seventy-five percent of the snaps if they don't make the playoffs, or yeah, is it seventy percent of the snaps? Yeah, if they don't make I the think playoffs, it's, it's and seventy-five yeah. percent of the snaps and make the playoffs or something like that. So. Just play enough to where the Eagles get a first-round pick, too. But I do think the Colts are going to be good, and I think, um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, is. It, I had him in fantasy last year. Once they figured it out that he was going to be able to legit, um, you know, carry the load, that that's what that, – with Phillip Rivers, you know, they, 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 they knew what they had. It's going to help. Like you mentioned, they have really young receivers. T.Y. Hilton won't be back for a while. Um, so Pascal Pittman, um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Carson Wentz gels with them. But so I have the Titans, and then the Colts also making the playoffs. Um, the Texans will be lucky to win three games. <laughs> They'll be real lucky to win three. They games. they should they should have the first overall pick. They but should. I really think it'll be close between them and the Lions. And mm-hmm. I've seen a lot the of projections. Detroit Lions, yeah, I think yeah. so. I, I, okay. I mean, there, and there's a lot of people for that. I've seen a lot of projections that have the Eagles behind the Lions, and I just don't see it. I just yeah. don't get how we are remotely close to the Lions. Like, I think we're at least three, four wins better than the mm-hmm. Detroit Lions, despite you know we do have some tough games. But I, mm-hmm. I mean, to the just to call out the people who have those projections, I think that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um. So let's move on to the. AFC East. The Buffalo Bills won the division with a 13 and 3 record. The Dolphins were 10 and 6 but missed the playoffs. The Patriots 7 and 9, you know, first time not in the playoffs, not winning the division and under 500 since like, you know, the 1800s. Um and the Jets were 2 and 14 um and had the number 2 overall pick and took Zach Wilson. Um I'm going to wow, this is going to be tough. I'm going to surprise people here. I'm going Patriots to win the division with a with a rookie quarterback and you know Bill Belichick is out to prove you know that that he still that he's he wasn't because of Brady that that they went into the playoffs all the time. Um so you know they 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 got two tight ends Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, paid Nelson Aguilar a bunch of money. We'll see how he does. Um they cut Cam Newton, that defense they get a bunch of players that opted out last year back. I think they're going to be a lot better. Um, so I think the Patriots will win the division. I also think that the Bills are going to still make the playoffs. The Bills are going to be a really good team. Just, you know, about like they may have the same record as the Patriots or it'll be a game back behind the Patriots. But um, the the Bills will make the playoffs and possibly make another run to the AFC championship game. But 
We'll see. But I, I got the New England Patriots. That's my surprise right there, winning the division. Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't honestly be surprised because I think that people forget how good that Patriots defense was and mm-hmm. how important of players opted out last season from the Patriots. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going the flip side here. I got the Bills. I just see no way. They have a respectable defense. They have a defense that, you know, they, they can they can do their job and do what they need to do and get the ball back into Josh Allen's hands with a limited point scored against them. And then Josh Allen does the rest. And that offense, like, I respect the Patriots. I respect Mac Jones and, you know, Bill Belichick and everything. But I think the Bills, when you look at the Bills and you look at the Patriots, the Bills are just going to score so many points. They're just going to put up so many points because they're just going to pass the ball so much. And they're so effective at doing so. Um, And I think that's what's going to set them apart And um, in between that. But I do have the Bills and then the Patriots as a wild card team. It's not actually surprising to to say that the Patriots may come back and that people Mm -hmm. are starting to, you know, say, well, you never know with Bill Belichick because last year was really a write-off for the Patriots. As much as I loved I loved to see it because I hate the Patriots, it, you have to realize I don't think there was any team, unless you talk about the 49ers and their injuries, that faced the most adversity with people opting out and such mm-hmm. a big change on the roster going from Tom Brady to Cam Newton. And it was just such a huge change for the Patriots. And I really want to say the Dolphins, too. It's a shame. I yeah. really don't think that they squeeze in even as a third team in this division. I think they're still on the outside looking in. There's just something about it that I just don't think they're. it's all together yet. And I got to see more from Tua. But I love Tua. I still love Tua. And I think Tua will succeed. And I think people are taking it really hard on the guy. And also, if they don't make the playoffs, and you know the Eagles have their first-round pick. So that'll be better for the Eagles, higher, higher first-round pick. I'm in the top half of the draft. Uh, let's move to the AFC North. The Steelers won the division. They were 12 and four. They started 11 and 0, and then went one and four down the stretch. Um, they got a healthy Big Ben. Um, they got a healthy Juju, hopefully, and maybe he'll be up in the TikTok ways. Who knows? Um, a brand new offensive line, pretty much. They gave JJ Watt a bunch of money to make him the highest paid defensive player in the league. So, you know, that defense is back. Mika Fitzpatrick, who I'm a real big fan of. Um, they're back, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how for, for the Steelers how things go. I love Mike Tomlin as a coach too, um, so we'll, we'll see how if he's able to get things back on track. The Baltimore Ravens, man, I feel bad for them. They've lost, they lost uh, J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, Marcus Peters, all to season-ending injuries. In the last what two weeks, it feels like. Well, J.K. Dobbins was was a lot was further back, but it just seems like within the last two weeks they lost a lot. They're now their running back picture is Latavius Murray, um, Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell. You know, and then they, they have uh, they and have they like still have Sean Williams or that just that guy that they're really Sean high Williams, on. Yeah. And then, and then you still have um, you know um, Lamar Jackson running the ball back there. And then they they added to, to the receiving corps, um, Sammy Watkins. Still have Marquise Brown, uh, Rashawn Bateman, who's on IR right now. But still, you know, Mark Andrews is, is still there. They have a lot of talent on that offense. And then, you know, we're going to round it out with the, the, the Ohio teams, the Cleveland Browns, who have a chance to, to really make some noise, and the Cincinnati Bengals, who are young, but they have a lot of weapons. You know, they, they got the LSU connection back. Burrow and um, Chase, Jamar Chase. So what are your thoughts on the AFC North, Connor? I still think the Ravens pull it off um, <clears throat> because I don't I don't know how much I have faith in the Steelers right now. I think they're going to be that like fringe, probably that fourth team in the wild card race, that one that just barely misses because I just feel like it's something to do with Ben. I mean, I'm starting to lose faith in Ben. The defense is still awesome, but how much more does Ben have in him? Can he, can he put the results up even with Najee Harris in the back in that wide receiving group? The Bengals obviously are still a few years away. I'd say at least two, three years before we can really talk about them as a team that can even reach 500. And, 
the Browns, I mean, you got to kind of respect the Browns. I, I feel mm-hmm. like their defense is really good. They got a good defensive line. They got a decent young uh, secondary. There's a lot of promise in Cleveland. And so I got the Browns making it as a wildcard team and the Ravens still taking the division. I still think I just have so much faith in Lamar Jackson and what he's able to do. And despite the loss of Marcus Peters, he is a key part, but I think he's a key part that can be replaced or can be is replaceable with, you know, some of the with some additional support given to whoever has to cover that number one. Well, he probably wasn't even covering the number one guy because of Marlon Humphrey. Well, yeah, but, Humphrey. Um, but so at the end of the day, I think it's it's a replaceable loss. And I, I like I've been saying to everyone, I think Lamar Jackson's going to run the ball 200 times like it's going to be. Tyson Williams and it's going to be Lat Murray with like some sort of weird like 60-40 combination going on and then I wouldn't be surprised to see Lamar Jackson running for his life a lot but you know that he can run for his life really well and really effectively and turn it into a lot more than most quarterbacks yeah oh yeah he definitely got the fastest one of the fastest players not only just quarterback the fastest players in the league I'm, I'm going to go opposite of you. I have the Browns winning the division. Yes, the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield, I think, is going to be due for a, a big year. Um, OBJ, um, Juice Land, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, um, uh, Austin Hooper, I think they still have, at tight end with Njoku. Um, so that offense is going to score a lot of points. And defensively, they added Jadavion Clowney across from Miles um, Garrett. They also added um, Jackson, who was with the Eagles last year, the defensive tackle. Um, you know, Greedy Williams on the out. They have a lot of uh, – they signed Josh Johnson, the, the safety from the Rams. Um, they have a lot of, 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 of physical players, talented players, and I think that the Browns are going to finally win the, the AFC North. And I – Think the Ravens. I, th- I think the Ravens will also make the playoffs. You know, again, they'll be separated by like one game. Um, they may even have the same record, but you know, because of tiebreakers, the Browns are going to win. So I'm I'm going with the Browns to win the division and the Ravens to also make the playoffs. So we both have six of our seven playoff teams, and that brings us to the AFC West, where the defending AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs reside. And if they're healthy, nobody's going to stop them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Chiefs to win the division. They may go 14-3, and 13-4. and four. Um, I think the Chargers are going to finish second. And, you know, if one of the, the, the wildcard teams that I mentioned slip up, the Chargers are making the playoffs. That's my, that's my pick. The Chargers are going to go to the playoffs if one of the, you know, the, the Ravens, Bills, or um, Colts slip up. It'll be the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert's a good guy, good quarterback. Um, and I think the only thing downfall could, this year for them could be their rookie coach. Um, so, but but the Chargers are going to be a good team. They're going to finish the second place in the AFC West, and then the Raiders will finish in third. And the Broncos, I'm not sold on their quarterback situation. They have a lot of talented offensive players, but that quarterback. I know Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback, just not sold on them yet. They're going to finish in uh, last place in the AFC West. Yeah, for me, I I flipped the bottom. I I actually think the Broncos get third and the Raiders get fourth. Um, The Raiders, I just, they're not, they're not there. Their, their defense isn't great. Their offense is still not great. The weapons are lacking. And, and from the Broncos perspective, their defense is good. Their defense is actually kind of underrated. And and I I think that they can do a lot. I love the Patrick Sertan draft choice. Exactly. They've made some good decisions on the defensive side of the ball. It's just a shame that they haven't been able to address that quarterback position and and get things fixed up there because they do have good weapons. They got Fant. They got uh, they got Sutton. They got Judy. Uh, They started. Yeah. Yeah. And they started building the offensive line a bit. So, like, I mean, it's respectable minus the quarterback. And at the top is the Chiefs. The Chiefs are just kings of pretty much AFC West and the AFC. And then the Chargers are, I agree with you. 
they're one of the teams who has the most like one possession losses in the last three years or something. I can't remember the stat, but they've lost so many games by just one possession. And if that was all on Anthony Lynn and his game management and Justin Herbert and um, oh, I can't remember Lombardi's the offensive coordinator there from uh, he was in uh, New Orleans before mm-hmm. as a QB coach. Mm-hmm. If, they can turn it around and they can turn those one possession, get that one possession back. Brandon Staley's the head coach now, yeah. Yeah, Staley's a head coach, but he's defensive minded and stuff. Yeah, so you sure. know that you know that he's leaning on Lombardi a lot for the offense. Um, so I'll be interested to see how that goes. They they've been bitten by the injury bug pretty bad year over year. They've had some of the worst luck of any team, and now so far, fingers crossed everybody's healthy no torn acls none of that so far for the chargers so i guess we it's a wait and see game with the chargers but like you said i think they'd be right on the outside looking in the chargers and titans for me are going to be so close Mm -hmm. and like it could flip any any direction like i got like i said i got the patriots um now i have the titans and i got i got the patriots i got the browns and I got the uh, Titans. Titans, yeah. So, and any of those could change. It, it could shift. And like you said, the Chargers are one of those teams who could really take advantage. The Steelers, the AFC is actually a really good loaded. division. Yeah, I think. They're loaded. I, 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 it's pretty like top heavy. And then there's a pretty disgusting bottom part <laughs> where it falls. So who do you have? Who do you have one in the AFC? Chiefs. Chiefs. So do I. I mean, I, I again, I think the Bills have a chance to to up or to to make make a run at it, especially if the the, the Chiefs have have injuries. But it, it's tough to go against Kansas, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs. All right, so let's go over to the NFC. We'll start with the NFC West. The Seahawks won the division at 12 and four. Uh, Russell Wilson's back, healthy at the running back position. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Uh, they paid Jamal Adams. Um, Diggs is, is back or still there. Bobby Wagner's still there. Um, they might not have the, the front line that they, they, they typically had, but still, that defense is going to be good. The Rams made the big move of trading Jarek off to Detroit for Matthew Stafford. They signed Deshaun Jackson. Um, also had injury, <clears throat> excuse me, also had injuries at the running back position. Cam Akers towards ACL. And um, then Henderson actually had an injury. Should only be out maybe a week. I don't know if he's going to play this week. We'll see. But um, then the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, you know, they've made a lot of moves. Signed A.J. Green, drafted Rondell Moore, uh, signed J.J. Watt. They, um, they, they've made a lot of moves as well. Um, Patrick Peterson's no longer there, so that's going to be different for them. And then the San Francisco 49ers, Trey Lance isn't the starter, but apparently he's going to play a lot. Jimmy Garoppolo is right now is the starter. The big question, can they stay healthy? is the huge question for for the Niners. I, in this division, I'm going to go with the Rams to win it, with Seattle to finish in second, and the Cardinals to, to finish in third. With the, the Seattle, Seattle's going to um, get a playoff berth as a um, wild card. So I have the Rams winning the division with Seattle finishing in second and making the playoffs as a wild card. Yeah, this division's a really interesting one because it's I can actually division. see three teams making it Agreed. out of Agreed. it. Because, I mean, you know the NFC East isn't much of a threat. You know the NFC North, there's the Bears and the Vikings could swing on a dime despite the Vikings' really good offseason. Um, and then like, and then the NFC South, I mean, I a team like the Saints, I don't even know if I can even put them in the playoff picture at this point with the situation they're in. So I actually do have three teams making it. I have the 49ers winning it because this is another team that was decimated by the injuries last season, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It was huge on the defensive side of the ball. They lost some really key pieces. So I think it's going to be the 49ers, the Rams and the Seahawks all making it. The Rams and the Seahawks as wildcard teams. I just... For the Cardinals, it's a shame. They're trending in the right direction. I like Cliff Kingsbury. I like Kyler Murray. But this division is just really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if their defense is up to par to challenge the 
offenses that they'd face that they have to face six times a year in the Rams, the 49ers and the Seahawks. Um, I think they are better. I'm, I'm actually going to make a change in my, I'm, I'm having the Cardinals in the playoffs. So I have the Rams winning the division with Seahawks and the Cardinals in a wild card. Um, I have the, so that's not where we're, we're, this is probably the biggest difference we're going to have, you know, throughout the divisions that we go through is that you have the Niners winning this division. I have the Niners finishing in last and not making the playoffs. They still could be like eight, you know, have eight or nine wins, but just miss out on the playoffs. Cause this, this is the best, probably the best division in football. Um, and, and I think it's going to be tough for them to, especially when you don't know who, who's your quarterback. Like they stay there, they're, you're singing Jimmy Garoppolo praise, but come on, let's be real. We know that Trey Lance is going to eventually be the quarterback, but again, this is a guy that played one game last year in college, one game because of, you know, uh, COVID, and they, they just wanted to get tape for him, and they, he didn't play in the spring season at the FCS level. So it's going to be tough. I like Trey Lance's I think he's going to be good. I just don't think that this is the year that they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, let's move to the NFC South again. The Saints won it last year. They swept the Buccaneers in the playoffs, and then when, or excuse me, in the regular season, and then when they played in the playoffs, the Buccaneers uh, obviously won it because they were the def- they are the defending Super Bowl champs. They are one and zero as they defeated Dallas on thir- the opening Thursday night, thirty one to twenty nine. Um, the Panthers are a young and up and coming team. Their defense is going to be re- pretty good, I think. I don't trust Sam Darnold, though. And the Falcons, that offense, they have a lot of weapons. Can Matt Ryan be protected? Can he get them the ball? And I don't know about that defense. Um, and also, you know, a coach who's never been a head coach in the NFL, and Arthur Smith, Buccaneers easily are easily going to win the division. Um, and I think the Panthers are going to finish in second, the Saints in third, the Falcons in fourth, but only one playoff team from this division, and it'll be the Buccaneers. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Definitely the Bucks, and it's a runaway. The mm-hmm. Saints, it's just like the loss of Michael Thomas, I think, is pretty big. Jameis Winston's there. I get it. Taysom Hill's there, whatever they plan to do at the quarterback position. And their defense isn't that great. Like, it's good. It's decent. It'll hold up. I just I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in regards to them being able to pull together a really good season or competitive season in what should be a relatively tough NFC overall. Like we said, with the NFC West alone, you got four teams there that are going to make things really competitive. And then in the North, the Bears and the Vikings could really go either way. They could be really good, or they could be really middle of the pack and pedestrian, or they could be really bad. Um, and then, like, in that division, I think the Falcons and the Panthers are still a ways away. The Falcons are definitely a ways away. And I still I still think the Saints will get second, though. See you. Oh, okay. Um, let's move. We'll skip the NFCs for now. We'll save them for last. Let's go to the NFC North. Green Bay won the division, had the number one seed in the NFC last year. Aaron Rodgers had a very, very eventful um, offseason to say the least, probably his last year in Green Bay. Um, and, you know, he won the, you know, MVP last year. Now he's playing to prove that he still can be a quarterback at, what is he, 38 now? Close to 40, something like that. Um, so it'll be, it, yeah, he has he can go off again. Um, you know, Devontae Adams is looking for a new contract. They gave Aaron Jones a new contract. Um, defensively, uh I think Zadarius Smith and Princeton Smith, one of the Smiths, won a new contract. Like they have a lot of guys that 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 are playing for contracts, and it's probably and possibly not going to be in Green Bay next year. So so we'll see. Uh, the Chicago Bears made the playoffs at eight and eight last year. Um, I, Andy Dalton is their starter for Week One. We all know it's going to be Justin Fields. I don't trust Matt Nagy at all. I think Matt Nagy is is not a good coach. This is Probably going to be his last year. The Vikings, um, they have pretty good offense. I don't know about that defense, though. And I don't trust Kirk Cousins. Um, so, and, and it's, again, in this world of COVID that, that the NFL, you know, sports world is playing in, when you have a quarterback that's not going to get vaccinated, if he gets it, if he were to co- be test positive, he's not going to be able to play. How can you trust a quarterback that's not, you know, I get it. It's your choice, but 
you got to think like not for yourself, think for your teammates sometimes. Um, and then in Detroit, like you mentioned before, Detroit might be the wor- one of the worst teams in football. Um, a new coach, Dan Campbell, uh, Jared Goff. I feel bad for Deuce. I wish Deuce would stay here, but he's uh, he's going to be the running back coach in Detroit. I don't even know who they have on defense. Like that team, even on offense, besides what DeAndre Swift and and Jared Goff, they have T.J. Hawkinson. I don't. Kenny Galladay's not there anymore. Um, Mar- is Marvin Jones still there? No, he's in Jacksonville. Like I, I don't know how they're going to score points. I don't know how they're going to stop people. Um, I have the Packers winning the division. And the Vikings finishing in second. And because I need to have another playoff team, it's going to be the Vikings. Because I don't, again, I don't think, like you, I don't think the NFC is going to have two playoff teams. So it's more of a, uh, uh, whoever made, they're going to be the last, they're going to be the the seventh seed in the NFC, the Vikings, and, and get, you know, destroyed in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that front. Um, the Bears, like, it's just Matt Nagy trying to keep by himself some more time by saying, I haven't gotten to start my rookie quarterback, so he's going to try and roll with Dalton as long as it makes sense, or as long as they're winning games, or at least looking like some sort of football team. But you know eventually Fields has to step in. There, there's mm-hmm. no way Andy Dalton plays a whole year if the Bears are to have a chance. Um and for me, yeah, it's the Packers and the Vikings as well. NFC East, no way can do I have two people coming out of there as playoff teams. NFC South, highly unlikely unless the Saints really prove us wrong. And then I had three out of the NFC West. So mm-hmm. here it's going to be Same. the Packers and it's going to be the Vikings. But the Vikings and the Bears are going to, I think, be very close. And I think it's going to be like last year where you're looking at like a 9-8 and eight this time making it. Mm-hmm. Like the Vikings are probably going to be 9-8. and eight making it squeezing in and probably like you said probably getting beat pretty bad is immediately yeah it's the 17 game schedule is still weird but the, the nfc is not nearly as loaded as the afc that's for sure and we're going to finish up with the nfc east where the washington football team won the division with a seven and nine record and that was because the eagles purposely lost week week 17 and, and in a game that they tried to lose they could have won. If they didn't bench Jalen Hurts, who wasn't having a great game throwing the football, but he scored two rushing touchdowns, the Eagles would have could have easily won that game. The Giants finished in second, com- still complaining that the Eagles and you know the Eagles are living rent free in their brains or in their heads, I should say. Um, whenever they talk talking about not playing for it to win and this, that, and a third about the the game of football, like whatever. You know, Joe Judge has made like five people on their offensive line retire because of the way he coaches. The Giants are going to be a dumpster fire this year. Dallas uh, is already 0-1, worst record in the football right now. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I know it's only one. No, the only two teams have played. Um, but, again, that, that offense is going to be able to score points, but that defense still can't stop anybody. Still can't stop anybody. Um, so Dallas is going to have to average 35 to 40 points a game to, to win game. And even when Dak was playing last year, they were still an under 500 team. So we'll see how it goes. And the Eagles, again, they finished in last place. The one thing that the Eagles have going for them, a last place schedule, that 17th game is against the Jets, while, you know, Washington is is facing the Bills. The Giants are facing the Dolphins, and Dallas is facing New England. Like, that can make a difference. Now, again, the division winner is going to only win seven, eight, nine games this year. Um, I am – Picking the Philadelphia Eagles to win the division with an eight and nine record. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, you got a new coach who's never been a coach before. A quarterback has only played four games. The Eagles went, if, if their offensive line stays healthy, they're going to move the ball. The Eagles are the best. If their offensive line stays healthy, healthy, they have the top five offensive line in the league. Their defensive line, if they can stay healthy, they have a top five defensive line in the league. That's where you win football games, you know, on, uh, protecting the quarterback and getting after the quarterback. Um, they finally have a second cornerback in in the secondary behind Darius Slay, Steven Nelson. Is he is he gonna is he a top five corner? No, but he's better than what they had last year. Um, and I think Jonathan Gannon, who didn't show anything in preseason, is gonna mix things up and they're gonna get after the quarterback. So I'm um, I'm I'm really, really excited to see what the Philadelphia Eagles have. Do they have a tough schedule? Yeah, that home schedule is vicious. 
You know, you got the Bucks, you got the Chiefs, you got the Niners, Saints, um, along with the division games, you have the Chargers. Like, it's a tough, tough home slate. But I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be able to to win enough games to win this division. They'll finish 8-9, and 7-10. and 10. Doesn't matter, but they'll, they'll win the division and go to the playoffs. Yeah, I wish I could say that I can make the pick of Phil- the Eagles, but I don't think I can. I mean, I can see the 8-9. and nine, I can see the 7-10. and 10, I can visualize yet again a below 500 team making it out of the NFC East again. I just don't know if I can see it being Philadelphia. I don't think the Cowboys will win it. Cowboys will do what the Cowboys do. I think it's going to be the Washington football team. You know me. I've been talking about them for the last couple years, and they're underrated. They're coming up. The defense is definitely underrated. They just got to figure out that offense. The offense isn't fully figured out, but you got Ryan Fitzmadrick out there throwing the ball. Um, they got some decent receivers. Antonio Gibson's going to be a threat. The only uncertainty there is really the offensive line as a whole unit and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, But otherwise, I think that teams are going to have a tough time against that Washington defense, especially that front four. That is a crazy front four, very strong front four. Um, I I get the reasoning for you with the Eagles, and I I can, like I said, I can see the 8-9 and record. I I can visualize maybe, maybe, but I just can't not this year. I don't think I can see the Eagles doing it. I got Washington. So you have Washington repeating as division champs as the first team since the Eagles in 03-04 to, to repeat as division champs? Yep. Uh, man. I, look, I, I get the, the best defense in the division belongs to Washington easily. Um, they're really good, especially as you mentioned, especially the, the front four. Um, my, my other thing is Brian F- Fitzpatrick, while I mean, he has big games, especially uh, against the Eagles a lot too, but he goes through stretches where he doesn't do anything, so that that's where it's gonna. That's where I think might hurt Washington at a point in time. And who knows? Maybe Cam Newton could end up being their quarterback later in the year. We'll see. Um, but yeah, again, it's gonna come down to the Eagles and Washington. I think that's who it's gonna be. But I, right now, I just I, I favor the, the Eagles. And again, maybe it's my homerism, you know, talking. Who knows? Uh, but I just have a feeling again. Going into this season, very, very optimistic about what the things that are going to go or how things are going to play out for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and I, I'm just excited. And I can be dead wrong. They can go 2 15. And, you know, come December, we're talking about the draft. You know, maybe even before December, we're talking about the draft and what they need to do to upgrade at quarterback. Who knows? But right now, I think Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts is just a winner. Um, and I think we're, we're going to see it um, here in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I can definitely, I can, I can see it. Like if, if all the things go right, if everything goes right for Philadelphia, we could be ahead of the retooling. I just, it's the the schedule too. There's there's certain things that I just I can't wrap my head around the Philadelphia Eagles being able to overcome. But I do think that that Jalen Hurts is the answer. I I do think that we can build around him and that there's good things to come with him. So there's some positives to take away from it. I just think that people are going to have a hard time scoring against Washington. And we've watched Ryan Fitzpatrick score at will wherever he goes with crazy throws and just his YOLO style of playing football. And he's got some people who definitely can compliment him in that way, like Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas at tight end. He's got pieces there to help and support. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I, I do think the Cowboys will be kind of there as well. Like mm-hmm. I think it'll be pretty close between the Eagles, Washington, and the Cowboys. It's just the Cowboys, it's like, well, you don't trust the defense to make a stop, but you do trust the offense to put the points up. So it all depends how situations go in certain games. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's your NFC champion? Who do you got facing the Chiefs? Oh, boys. It, it's a tough one, but I think I'm going with the Bucks again. Like, you can't bring back – you can't tell me they bring back all 22 starters and they're not going back. Mm-hmm. So I got I got the Bucks. I'm going with Green Bay. Um, I think oh. Aaron Rodgers is going to be on a mission this year. 
um, out to prove to Green Bay, you know, that he still has it. So I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl out in L.A. You have the Bucks and the Chiefs in a Super Bowl rematch out in L.A. Who do you have winning? I got the Chiefs coming out on top this time. And I have also have the Chiefs coming out against Green Bay and Patrick Mahomes winning Super Bowl MVP. Um, who's your MVP of the NFL this year? We'll just go with that one award. Wow. Um, that's another tough one. Um, I, I honestly think that it, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Again. Again, like is he is he gonna comp- is he gonna repeat the numbers? Probably not, because that was like historic record set in numbers from a touchdown rate, a touchdown perspective, a, a scoring perspective in general. But I think, like you said, he's out on a mission. He's out to prove something. And you know, when Aaron Rodgers sets out to do something like that, he is damn well gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with Patrick Mahomes. That's why I'm gonna go to win win it. Um, he's just he's just so dang good. He's really good and he's fun to watch. Uh, that offense is fun to watch. He's gonna put up a bunch of numbers, throwing the ball to um, you know Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Ceh. Um, you know they, they just have a bunch of weapons. So I, I'm I'm excited to watch the uh, the 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 the, the uh, Chiefs. Not excited when they come to Philly because that's gonna be ugly week four, but. I am excited to watch and uh, to watch Patrick Mahomes this season. And uh, again, we both have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. <clears throat> All right. So now that we've gone through our division predictions, let's talk Eagles, Falcons, Atlanta, Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. What are, what are you looking for? First game of the year. Obviously, we want to see Jalen Hurts. We want to see what Nick Sirianni, you know, how he's going to be able to get this offense going want to see what Jonathan Gannon is going to be able to do you know what are what are what are who are some of the specific players and some of the keys that you're looking forward to this game as we get closer and closer to kickoff yeah big time like the two biggest names on the offensive side of the ball outside of Jalen Hurts obviously uh, is is Devontae Smith mm-hmm. and what he can do because I think that we're about to have our first 1,000 yard receiver in Philadelphia actual wide receiver Mm-hmm. For 1,000 yards, and I think it's been five years since the last time we had a 1,000-yard wide receiver. Was that Macklin? I, or no? Yep. Was it Macklin? No. Was it Macklin or Jeffrey that was the last one? I didn't. I don't think Jeffrey. Hit no, I think it's years. Macklin. Yeah, and I think it was it was either five or it was six years ago. I think it was for, now. five years ago. It was 16, and Macklin wasn't here. That was that was Wentz's rookie year. Um, Macklin was last year here in what? Two, I think he was last year in like. 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's been a long time since it's happened. So I'm definitely looking out for that and what he can bring to the table because we only got like a very small piece of what he's actually going to be mm-hmm. in the preseason and what we saw. And he was putting people, he was putting DBs on ice. Skates, so yep. exactly. Um, and the other name for me is how Kenneth Gainwell is going to be involved. Kenneth Gainwell was really good and really effective in the preseason. And I get it. It was against the twos. It was against the threes. But that's what you want to see from the guy. The guy's not coming in to be a starter. A starter is Miles Sanders. But he's coming in to compete with Boston Scott. And he's coming in to take Boston Scott's job, I think, in my personal perspective. I, I think he's a more, far more effective runner. And he's going to do it in a lot more places in the Meadowlands. And he's the best pass catcher in that backfield between him scott and sanders kenneth gainwell is leaps and bounds the better pass catching back and so i think that he he's gonna he's gonna carve out a pretty good role behind miles sanders maybe more than some people want to want to think but you want an effective one-two punch like miles sanders and kenneth gainwell so those are the two biggest names that i'm watching on offense oh and 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 speaking of you know the running back position the eagles did not call Jordan Howard up from the practice squad for this week one game. So it's going to be the Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott show. I, like, I, I'm ready to see what Miles Sanders can do. We know he had drop issues in camp, but, I mean, he has a chance to be a 1,000-yard rusher. Um, and if he can catch the ball at 1,500 total yards in, in, you know, this year in the NFL. I'm also – I want to see the offensive line up against their defensive line. 
Um, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, going up against Deion Jones and, and those guys. So it's it's gonna be that I want I want to see the health. I want Jordan Mailati, new new contract, go out there and Stonewall and and run over the, the person that's lining up across from you. Obviously, we want to see Devontae Smith. I want to see Jalen Rager. Is it is is year two Jalen Rager gonna be different from year one Jalen Rager? That's what so that's what I'm looking forward to seeing on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, Josh Wett. I'm gonna love to see him getting after Matt Ryan. The Eagles are gonna have to get pressure because with Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, um, this offense is is gonna put up a lot, have an opportunity to put up a lot of points for for the Falcons. But the Eagles, if they can get after Matt Ryan and force him to get rid of the ball quicker than he wants, it won't allow Kyle Pitts to you know put a put a move or two on whoever's covering them, whether, whether that's going to be, I mean, we're going to be without Rodney McLeod. So is it going to be Kevon Wallace on him? Is it going to be one of the, is it going to be Alex Singleton? Is it going to be Eric Wilson? I mean, I'm very interested to see who's going to be covering Kyle Pitts because Pitts is a matchup nightmare. Oh, hundred percent. And we know how bad our linebackers are in coverage and yeah, I get Eric Wilson's an upgrade, but this is, Kyle Pitts is a whole different monster, and and I think that they're going to have trouble all night trying to figure out, A, where he's going to be, where he's lining up, who you have to line up across from him, because they said, obviously, he'll play in line, he'll play slot, he'll play on the outside, he'll probably be in motion sometimes. He's going to be used as every bit the weapon that he, he was throughout the entire draft process. Same for me, uh, Josh Sweat. I think he's the he's the future of the def- the future anchor of the defensive line. I think he is. He does have that ten sack potential. He can be an absolute monster. We saw it. He's the most effective guy on our defensive line and over the last couple of years despite only playing like 40% of snaps. He needs to see more. He needs to see 50. He needs to see 60% of snaps, and he will pay dividends for us. I'm also interested to see what happens at the safety position. Like you Mm -hmm. said, no Rodney McLeod this week. They're rolling out three safeties, Anthony Harris, Marcus Epps, Kevon Wallace. So I'm really interested to see what happens there. And is Avante Maddox going to be moved back into the safety position? Like, are we going to start to see that transition that we've been calling for for a while? Because if you're only rolling out, if you're only rolling out three safeties and you're playing cover two, you're playing two high safeties like we've like Gannon's mo has been. Then there's a good chance that you're going to have to cycle around the safeties, and we could see a healthy dose of Kevon Wallace, who could definitely be a key future piece to this defense as well um so i'm definitely excited for that one and and as always i'm going to be watching the linebackers there's we've heard nothing but good things about Jannard avery and finally the moves made it's no longer square square in a in a circle hole like like uh they were forcing, trying to force Gennard Avery to be on the edge. He actually gets to move out to the linebacker position. Um, so Gennard Avery, Patrick Johnson, um, Davian Taylor, like Sean Bradley. I don't know if Taylor's playing guys, this year, this week, I'm at. Yeah, it, it, if, not, like, if not, all the all the better, because then you see Sean Bradley's going to move up. Like, I want to see what we have in some of these young guys. Pat, like, Davian Taylor, if he plays, we drafted him as a third-rounder. Sean Bradley, he's a sixth-rounder. We kept him, uh, despite doing almost nothing last season. Patrick Johnson, we drafted him in the seventh round, but he's kind of... He can. He's kind of a jack of all trades, can do it all type of uh, play in the play linebacker. So... I'm interested to see how the linebackers break down because we got to eventually <clears throat> figure out that position. But mainly for me, Kevon Wallace and Josh Sweat. Yeah, definitely a linebacker position. We always undervalue that position, and it comes back to hurt us all the time. And also, you know, we didn't. Again, I mentioned it before. We didn't see anything out of Jonathan Gannon. His play, he played vanilla. Every it was just vanilla all, all four, all three games. Getting blitz didn't do anything. So I'm interested to see the, the different looks that he shows. And then for Sirianni, you know, we didn't see Hertz and, and Smith at all together in in any games. Now we know that the joint practices um is where the, the you know the Eagles feel like they get more of their um or they, they can show more, they can do more because you're not allowed to videotape and teams don't see it. So we're gonna see what this what, what this offense is really gonna look like 
and I'm thrilled at that just because I want something new. We we had the predictability, the the staleness, the vanillaness of the Doug Peterson offense the last couple years. I can't wait to see something new, something fresh, something exciting, and that's what I think Nick Sirianni is going to bring to us. Absolutely. Like I know that he he took a lot of flack for his, you know, his initial press conference, the whole mm-hmm. rock, paper, scissors thing. He he's caught a lot of flack, but I mean I think that we have to give the guy I an opportunity. In. I <laughs> I, bought I, in. I bought in too because he surrounded himself with a really good coaching staff. He he brought he there, young, the, yep. the, yeah, he brought that quarterbacks coach up from from Florida there. Uh, you got Shane Steichen, who has a decent history. You got Gannon, who's supposed to be this big up-and-coming guy who's likely going to be one of the next big head coaching hires two or three years down the road. There's so, And then you got Jeff Stoutland coming back to do the offensive line. Um, you got Michael Clay, who's also getting a lot of praise as your special teams coordinator, one of the youngest coordinators in the NFL. So he surrounded himself with people he knew he could trust and with people that he knew the players would buy into. Nick Sirianni just said to bring, you know, he just has to bring himself and his attitude and his his spirit and create the culture. And then he surrounded himself with the people who are going to help to build the team and build a winning team here in the next I'm hoping two to three years. Yeah, hopefully. And, you know, <clears throat> the two, the last two new head coaches for the Philadelphia Eagles, <clears throat> Chip Kelly made the playoffs year one. Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl year two. So Nick Sirianni definitely has a lot of, to, you know, big shoes to, to fill. Um, and, again, like Chip wasn't the greatest NFL head coach. Uh, Doug had his quirks and – Became stale, but you know we did win a we did win a Super Bowl with Doug. So again, while that may have been the worst thing to happen because of the the big head that Howie Roseman got, it, it still happened. So it'd be awesome if, if if the Eagles could win another Super Bowl under Nick Sirianni. And you know while I would love it to be this year because like Jason, this might be Jason Kelsey's last year with the uh, if he retires. This could be Fletcher Cox's last year. You know with his bloated contract. Um, Brandon Graham, maybe his last year. Like, we're gonna start seeing a very different Philadelphia Eagles team because they're just they're they're older at certain places at certain positions. And if if they it'd be awesome if they can win it this year just for those guys, but realistically, it's not gonna happen. No, definitely. I mean, we we broke down the AFC and how steep the competition is on mm-hmm. that side that you would mm-hmm. have to meet in the Super Bowl. But you also look at the NFC and there's four or five teams that are going to be really, really hard to beat and who are going to make their run. And like you, you like we talked about, the Bucks have returned all 22 starters. The L.A. Rams are no slouches now. They got the quarterback. No more excuses there. So, I mean... <coughs> The Eagles have an uphill climb to go, and by I think potentially by year four we could really be talking realistically like NFC East winning playoff, like moving forward in the playoffs, maybe even with Super Bowl aspirations. Definitely. All right. So your prediction for Eagles Falcons, what is it? I think it's gonna be a shootout, man. I think this is two not these are two defenses that really aren't that good. Um, they yeah, the Philadelphia we talked about some good pieces and stuff, but I still think that this this ball is gonna be flying all night out of the hands of Matt Ryan and Jalen Hurts. Um, I think that we're gonna see. I think I'm going I'm going thirty four thirty one. Wow. Thirty four thirty one. Who? Oh, for for Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia pulls it off this week. I I think we can beat the Falcons. That's one of the teams on the on the schedule that I was like, yeah, we should be able to beat them. Like, yeah, they got Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts. And then after that, what really what really do they have? Uh, they don't have a whole lot on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they do have Grady Jarrett like they do have some pieces there, but. I mean, you're looking mainly at those that core three on the offensive side of the ball. Um, all right. So, while I agree that both defenses are going to be lacking, I don't think that the Atlanta offensive line is any good. And I think the Eagles are going to be able to get some pressure on him um, and, and come away with a few sacks. 
I also think, you know, this first six games where that the Eagles have is pretty brutal. This is probably the easiest. This and maybe Carolina. Um, I think Carolina is within that six feet stretch. Um, are, are the easy, quote unquote, easy games for the Eagles? Um, so, and again, since the year 2000, the Philadelphia Eagles have faced the Atlanta Falcons 16 times, including the playoffs. It's a crazy like number for a non-division opponent. And I think the Eagles are 11 and five in those 16 games. Um, I'm going to have the Eagles also win in this game. It's going to be like 28 to 17 as the Philadelphia Eagles will come away with a victory in Nick Sirianni's first official game as head coach and get the Sirianni era started off on the right foot before they have their home opener next week against the San Francisco 49ers, probably led by Trey Lance, but we'll see. But I am so stoked, so hyped, so excited to get things underway, you know, in the NFL. Fans, in the, as I mentioned, fans in the stands are going to make a world of difference. Don't be surprised if you hear a lot of Eagles chants, a lot of Eagles fans at the game tomorrow, because we know how Philadelphia fans love to travel. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope what we hear the chants. I just can't wait for full NFL football. Thursday night was just it was it was a good game. There was so much excitement. The fans, you can just feel everything just coming back. It, it, the NFL's back, and it just feels so damn good. It it definitely does. And also, speaking of that Thursday night game before we finish off, I may be in the minority here, and I know Dallas played pretty well. And four turnovers by Tampa is very uncharacteristic, and the game was closer. Chris Godwin was going in for a touchdown and fumbled. I think that that was Dallas' Super Bowl, by the way. It would not shock me if they lose to the Chargers next week and, and you know, they start the season 0-2. I probably could be wrong, but I think that that was the Super Bowl for the uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. But that's just me. That's just me. Um, and we don't really care about Dallas. And this is a <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles podcast. So, Connor, it was awesome talking about a regular season game. And as always, to our listeners, thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, our, our Kelly Green Hours at Kelly Green Hour, and Connor, you know, does an outstanding job game days of of keeping the Twitter uh, up to date. Also, we put polls out, you know, go on Football Friday. You know, let us know who you think is going to win. Give us your keys to the games and whatnot at Kelly Green Hour. I'm at LJ Harrell 54, and Connor's at Connor 10 Connor T E N. Also, if you want to um, talk about Sports Talk Philly real quick, Connor, because you do great things over there as well. Yeah, just shout out to them, that partner's over there. Um, this year, I'm actually not doing the post game. I'm supposed to be doing a preview uh, piece. So, um, unfortunately, I'm not 100% certain I'll be getting the preview piece out this week. But I will be doing so in later weeks. And obviously, we do. I do right in there. And they're really great partners, 4 for 4 Philadelphia Sports uh content there even more really it's like four for four plus some because they do some college football stuff college basketball and they do soccer as well so make sure to check them out when you get a chance sportstalkphilly.com at sportstalkphl on twitter yes definitely give them a follow and uh as, as, as connor said they're great partners uh with us and and letting us you know work with them and connor again you do a great job not only keep our Twitter our tweet, Twitter updated, but with your pieces that you write uh, for Sport, Sports Talk of Philly. And as always, please leave us a rate and review our show. Um, leave us any – you can DM us, leave us messages that where we can um, – you know, what, what you want us to talk about and whatnot. Philadelphia Eagles, Atlanta Falcons, week one is finally here. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour. Fly, Eagles, fly. Thank you.